Welcome back to the Bill Bennett Show. Thoughtful conversation about the news of the day, addressing the existential threats to Alabama. Oops, to America. Uh, to America. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if Georgia's an existential threat, but... Pretty serious threat. They beat them, boy. They beat them. They deserve that game. Well, and congratulations to Georgia. I mean, yeah, you know... Yeah. Didn't they deserve several, it? Yes, I, I was rooting for them. There's several different disappointments from SEC championship games to national championship games. I was glad to see that they finally, you know, got over the hump, so... Yeah, it was a bad call, too, when they called that. It uh, was. Pass a yeah. fumble. Was, <laughs> even even a diehard Alabama fan like me thought that was bad. Yeah. Anyway, enough on that. We'll talk about existential threats to America. Mm-hmm. Today, we'll catch up with Byron York, columnist at the Washington Examiner and a Fox News contributor. First, a few things I would like to discuss with Claude. He and I will have a discussion here right now, and then we will go to Byron. So, where to begin? Well, there's so much. I mean, I'd like to begin. Where would either, you like to begin? I would like to begin either with college football or, or NFL. Go playoffs. ahead. We Col- don't. Well, we don't have to because there's nothing more to be said about college football. Right. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, it's all been said. Georgia won. I'm happy that they won. They finally got over the Alabama hump. Alabama will be back next year. I love uh, Coach Saban. I mean, you know, when you talk about the influence that coaches have on kids all the time. And there was uh, Bryce Young and uh, his defensive star, number 31, I forget his name. Um, Will Anderson. Yeah, yeah, uh, in the post-game interviews. And, you know, they asked, the press asked the guys questions. They're done. And Coach says, wait, 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 before they leave, I just want to say how proud of I am of them. I mean, we lost, but, they've you know, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for these two guys. And just kind of, you know, praised them a little bit, you know. Yeah. And I thought that that, that was great. Um, I was rooting for Georgia. Uh, but it's funny because I also appreciate greatness. And so there were times where Alabama's just doing great. And I'm, I'm in, in, inside, I'm just kind of cheering for them, too. You know, it was just good to see a good football game uh, towards the fourth quarter. And then when Georgia pulls away, you're like, okay, they, they're going to do this. Gonna Georgia do this. was strong. They were. Mm-hmm. They were ready to go. Mm-hmm. They figured out how to contain Bryce Young. Right. Had those linebackers coming in from mm-hmm. the outside. Mm-hmm. One, two. Uh, Alabama couldn't get a running game going. Right. And they couldn't get a deep passing game going because mm-hmm. of injuries. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> John right. Mechie, and then they lost Williams uh, early on. Yeah. And uh, so they had freshmen out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's not an excuse. that You get play with who you got. Right. But uh, Georgia deserved the win. I, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and that's – and that's yeah, I agree with you. I thought Saban was very gracious. Mm-hmm. And he'll be very gracious next year when they beat Georgia. <laughs> Sorry, right. I just can't. I can't stop. <laughs> Again, they'll be there. Georgia will be there. Um, Stetson Bennett, though. I mean, no one's choice for quarterback, not even Georgia. I mean, think about how many quarterbacks. Yeah. Even when you think back to, um, gosh, who's Justin Fields and other quarterbacks who were at Georgia and even left and stayed. J. I mean, J.T. Daniels. Daniels was the guy going into this season. Yep. Stetson Bennett comes yep. in. Uh, you know, and he, and, and, he, and he wins it. He's a winner. Yeah, very emotional on the sidelines, and you understand why, you know. Um, you know He's like, tearing up. Yeah, yeah no, it was, yeah. It, was, it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't realize I knew he wasn't six feet. With programs. <laughs> he's regularly more like 5'9". <laughs> Probably close to not that five. big at all, man. No, he's not. No. He's not. So, anyway, no, no, they uh, they deserved Let's talk about the pros. Okay, before we go to the pros. Oh, one, sure, I'm one, sorry. One more yeah, go thing. Go ahead, just keep bleeding me to death you, here. Well, I mean, I'm watching, you know, you watch ESPN and Fox Sports and all these other Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm done with everyone talking about, oh, it's bad for the SEC to be this good with college football. No. It's not bad. What's bad is how 
bad the Pac-12 is. That's what's bad. What's bad it, is how bad everybody exactly. else is. Exactly. It's not it, the SEC. Cincinnati mo- made the most respectable show. Right. No, exactly. Michigan got destroyed. Michigan didn't show up. Big it, 10 champions. The SEC being dominant is not bad for college sports. Everyone else being bad is what's bad for college football. Like, mm-hmm. show up. You know, the, the, from USC to UCLA, Oregon, be ashamed of yourselves. The, the the Big Twelve, Big Ten, be, you know, come on, take A- some ACC, advice. What are you doing? Who was that uh, tackle from I don't know, Auburn or someplace they interviewed about the SEC? Mm-hmm. And he said, "What these guys don't understand is that our mamas here in the Deep South they fry everything, <laughs> and we get all that good fried food, and that makes right. us stronger and bigger. Sure, it makes them bigger. Right, it definitely makes them. A lot of fried food makes you bigger. Yeah, but apparently stronger too. Yeah, and I mean, and these guys are recruiting from everywhere, from the south yeah. primarily, but they're recruiting from the Midwest, right here from, in the, DC. And from DC, and from uh, yeah, you know, and from the West Coast. So. Stop it with the SEC. If Georgia and Alabama or LSU, Alabama, Clemson, LSU, whatever, if those are the best teams every year, those who those are the folks we want to see in the national championship game. Clemson's not SEC, though. The AC, right, ACC. ACC right. But they're kind of, um, I think, honorary uh, SEC. Kind of. They, right? Kind they're, of. They're in the South and they, they play are, that yeah, way. Right. And, and so, you know, stop with the it's bad for college. It's not. No, it's, it's not. not. It's everyone else who's not. Who's not. Doing it, you know, Pac-12. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, there used to be a time where USC and UCLA meant something, but maybe now, maybe Lincoln now. Riley Lincoln. goes from Oklahoma to mm-hmm. USC, right? Uh, Caleb, we, Caleb, we your, your guy from your alma mater, Gonzaga, Caleb Williams, right? Caleb Williams from from my high school In, enters the transfer portal. Maybe he goes to USC with maybe Lincoln. He goes, yeah, maybe he goes with Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Who knows? So we'll see. Mm-hmm. We may have to shape mm-hmm. up. Can we talk about the pros? For a yeah, let's do that. So. uh can anybody touch the pack? See, and I don't think so. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of talk about Brady, and I think he's the best, but, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, you know, if he had a Belichick coaching, you know. I'm not sure he's the best. <clears throat> he's great. Mm-hmm. Greatest of all time because of the long time he's been doing it, 25 years. Sure. But I think right now, Aaron Rodgers is better. He, oh, 100%. Yeah. But Patrick Mahomes, you see a Chiefs uh, Packers Super Bowl. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That could happen. Now, my Raiders. How about my Raiders? Uh, I play. No, I didn't play because I, I don't bet. <laughs> but uh, a very close friend of mine, sure. <laughs> someone I know very well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. placed a long shot bet on the Raiders to win the Super Bowl. Mm hmm. And uh, unlikely. Right. But the bet pays 80 to 1. <laughs> so if you put down, like, I think my friend put down sure. $500, mm-hmm. he would win $40,000. Well, I'm hoping he, he wins that. Yeah, your, well, he's your, a good friend. friend. Yeah. But, I mean. He might take you to lunch. Right, well, hopefully. But has there, been, has there been a team that's gone through so much stuff off the field than no. the Raiders this season? No. And to get in. Did you see that game? What a Chargers? game. What a fabulous. game. I mean. I think there may have been five straight fourth downs yes, that Justin what, Herbert what caught uh, uh, converted, and the Raiders just continued to fight. And, and by the way, both teams would make it if it ends in a tie, and we're less than eight yeah, minutes yeah, or ten minutes. Looking in like they might, like, and then 
inexplicably, the Chargers call a timeout. Like, why, why are you doing that when time is running out and all you got to do is time? And then the Raiders go for it, you know, and, 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 they, and get they get it. They get yeah. a field goal. Yeah, I'm glad them. they did. Yeah, yeah, good for them. It's something bother me about, you know, if they just let the clock run. And right, right. They both go. But, you know, it was, yeah, it was very, very exciting. For your friend's sake. In my personal interest, I hope that there's a Raiders Cowboys Super Bowl, but we'll see. Aaron Rodgers. Is well, then I'll have to introduce you to my friend. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Cowboy. Well, yeah, the Cowboys are playing the Forty ers and they are red hot. Yeah. No. Uh, Niners are red hot. Defense looks crazy. Which Which Cowboys yeah. team will show That's up? That's the question. The one that scores fifty six points, or the one that struggles the Eagles to or, score or, against yeah, the or, or can't score yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But that's going to be a very interesting game. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of interesting games coming up. I got we got six this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife said, "Is it almost over?" I said, "It's almost over." Close. But I, I, Claude, we got to figure out something to t- do in March, April, May, June. Well, we've got college basketball. We got March Madness. I guess so. Mm-hmm. We've got that. Lots of golf coming up in the spring. We got the Masters. Okay, yeah. I mean, you're be- you're better at this than I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm kind of a one woman man. I mean, I don't mean to say you are. Right. Aren't. I mean, I'm a one sport guy. But I, I, I got to broaden my interests. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, we've got some stuff coming up. Okay. We've got early right. baseball and. Could we talk about what this show is supposed to be about? Or Yeah, so let's see. President Biden made a speech yesterday about voting rights. Apparently, if folks in Congress don't vote for this uh, bill, you are a racist. You're George Wallace. You're Jefferson Davis. Yeah. You are the head of the Confederacy. <laughs> I mean, what is he doing? Well, what's interesting is, is that there are several Democrats who aren't on board. And so is it possible is it possible in today's uh Democrat party to be a Democrat and a racist? Is the <laughs> I mean at some point it's just ridiculous. It's it's uh, I mean Stacey Abrams uh, stiffed him. Decided not to show? She had well she had a conflict. Right. Den- well, the dentist or something. Could have been anything. Could have been dentist. Uh, perhaps her car was going to be washed. Uh, so, yeah, the car <laughs> car wash, yeah. Someone was coming over to cut what the grass. What does it take? To cancel a meeting with the President of the United States. What does yeah. it rise to? Car wash, I guess. Right, right. Get your windshield replaced. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently now they're talking about Hillary mm-hmm. in 24. I heard that. That maybe it's time to. Oh, and did you hear that Biden called her up and said he'd like to meet with her? <laughs> of course. And she did. said that she's got scheduled conflicts all the wow. way through 20. Two, twenty-three, and twenty-four. I'm busy for the next, next two years. Three years. <laughs> the schedule is packed. Is it possible that he was trying to be her VP? Can he, he do? He can do that. Yeah, it's not against. Uh, no, he could. Yeah, oh, he could, he could be Hillary's yeah. VP. Biden. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, but. here's the thing. I mean, you know, if it, so, if you. If if you're a Biden supporting Democrat, the only thing you can hold your hat on is the fact that they've got this thing where insurance companies will reimburse anyone for purchasing an at-home COVID test. That's the, and now I'm not even saying that that's a great thing, but if you're a Biden supporting Democrat, that's the only thing productive that has happened in the last year and a few months. It's kind of like be careful what you wish for. If your only wish was that President Trump would be out of office, it didn't matter Biden, it doesn't matter, just need him out. You got it. And there and are a lot the, of people feel that and way. And that's the only thing that happened. Well, Nothing I'm, else productive. I've talked to some liberals in the neighborhood who said, I don't care what he's doing. Trump's, <laughs> Trump's gone. 
Well, that's a terrible attitude, you know. Because everything else is falling. It's one thing if everything else wasn't falling apart, if there wasn't a supply chain shortage, if there wasn't high well, gas prices or inflation, or if there wasn't a crisis at the border, or if Russia wasn't being aggressive with um, uh, with Ukraine and yeah, Kazakhstan. Yeah, but, like, but they are, and other things are happening. Trouble's piling up, but did you see, I don't know if you're up to date, the, the, the latest approval rating for Biden-Harris no. is 72%. Are you serious? Among Democrats, right? Added, or? No, added together. <laughs> That's pretty funny. It's like 40 and 32. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. well, you know. Hey, our approval rating is 72%. Yeah. Added together. If you add it together. Just say it was quiet voice. But now, so they got supply chain problems. They got COVID messaging. Serious right. problems. Mm-hmm. Inflation is now, I think, number one concern. Mm-hmm. Crime stuff is still. How about this crime stuff in New York? Crime, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. this DA, I mean, it's not in madness. Uh, and he's pushing for voting rights legislation, which will require suspending the filibuster, mm-hmm. which he ain't going to get. No. We'll talk to Byron about that at right. length. So he's got trouble, and um, he's still blithering on. He made reference in Atlanta to. He said, you know, he remembers, you know, protesting and being arrested, but there's no record of him being arrested. Well, and none of this stuff that he's talking Make about. Make it up as you go yeah. along. And none of the stuff he's talking about is on anyone's radar. No one's, no one's talking about this photo. No one's talking about this stuff. They're talking about prices. They're talking about the economy. They're talking about supply chain. They're talking about COVID, crime. This is what's on everyone's radar. He's not talking about anything that's on anyone's radar. Price of heating oil. I mean, it's, yeah, we're in January now. Mm-hmm. The big, big cold front, you know, hit Midwest, upper Midwest. People seeing unbelievable bills. So, yeah, no, it's, um, I, I don't know where he goes or what he does, but um, he won't He won't make it four years. Mm-hmm. I, I guess, quite apart from Hillary, I guess the Democrats seriously here have to consider uh, talking somebody plausible into running. Mm-hmm. I was just listening to Fox News and they were saying, you know, Talk to Gavin Newsom, mm-hmm. uh, experienced politician. He was subject to recall in California, but he won. Um, you know, he's he is experienced. He's you know, handsome guy, and you know, a very slick uh, Democrat. Uh, he doesn't make these kind of flubs. <clears throat> and I suppose maybe they have to get somebody like that. Mm-hmm. But um, the current situation is untenable. It just cannot just cannot last and he's got the progressives really mad at him i mean they they were not sh- and it wasn't just stacy abrams they were not showing mm-hmm. uh and some you know criticizing him on this sure. voting rights saying you know too little too late mm-hmm. doesn't really mean it you know all the energy has been put into the uh build back build back build back yeah, better build, thing yeah, which is back. not going to happen mm-hmm. so that ain't going to happen you put all your energy in that that ain't going to happen then you introduce the voting rights thing, and that's not going to happen. It's not on anyone's radar. And it, well, is it possible that the current state of the Democrat Party is that Hillary Clinton is the most plausible candidate from the? You know, I mean, is it po- Who else? I mean, it's possible. Well, that's, that's what the I mean. Only like a, a Newsom or yeah, somebody. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. The current state of the party might be that she is the most plausible. Joe Manchin. Well, they don't. They no, don't. Yeah, no. no. Can you imagine AOC on the stump for? <laughs> What you imagine? That ain't gonna happen. No, it? no, no, happen. no. So anyway, all right. Um, the schools, of course, Chicago opened. 
Teachers were docked, but I don't think that's the last school closure you're going to no, see. No, te- teachers are upset. As a matter of fact, I saw, I uh, might have been on, uh, and by the way, we've had him on this show before, Brett Baer. That's the best news show on television, period. Brett Baer was talking about, he had a teacher on, uh, or had an interview with one of his reporters, uh, Fox reporters with the teacher, and the teacher was said, uh, upset, the teacher, upset with the union, upset with the superintendents, upset with the mayor. Uh, uh, but still a member of the union. And it gets back to one of the things we've talked about on this show is when all of these liberal causes collide. Because they collide at some point. I mean, at some point, something is because something can't be. And everything can't, can't like, be at one time, right? There will be another strike. There will be another walkout. It's also beginning to dawn on people, because I'm getting letters from, you know, my old job, Secretary of Education, people saying, even if school's open and they go back, Mm-hmm. I don't want these people or these kind of people teaching my kids. Right. What are they going to be teaching them? Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, you see these people and they're it's just unattractive. And I think this is going to really fuel the school choice movement, charter school movement. Then you have this latest news, which is maybe it was the Secretary of Education, um, Cardona, who uh, was responsible for the letter. Mm-hmm that went to the school board association that then went to the attorney general saying these parents should be considered terrorists. Now, if that came from him, he's, he's got to go, but I, you know, saying he's got to go in this administration doesn't, yeah, kind of futile. And, uh, you know, open, open the schools to open the classrooms with alternative certification. Mm-hmm. People who know stuff, but who haven't been to a school of education. Right. And I've been for that forever. Right. Right. So, Let's welcome Byron York to the show, columnist at the Washington Examiner and a Fox News contributor. Byron, a very interesting um, columns you're writing. Uh, let's just jump in. Well, uh, the president went to Atlanta yesterday to talk about voting rights. Lots to say about that. But this is a favorite idea of progressives. Why were the progressives so mad at him? And didn't show Stacey Abrams apparently had a car wash appointment or something. She couldn't she couldn't meet with him. Um, you know, I uh, I actually uh, posted the question on Twitter. You know, has anybody looked into and found what Stacey Abrams was actually doing when Biden and Harris were in Atlanta? And I got tons and tons of joke responses. A lot of them were mean about Stacey Abrams, but 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 they were they were all saying, you know, well she 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 had an appointment to have her tires rotated, the cars okay. in the shop, she was yeah. washing her hair, she was doing you know, and we still don't know. Okay. Why? Well, I mean, excuse me, what she was doing. Yeah. It was more important than seeing the president and the vice president of the United States. Heart surgery. <laughs> well, what's the the reason the reason they're upset um is because uh, they're trying to make sure that Biden keeps this voting push. It's not a voting rights push, as the press usually says, this voting push uh, at the front of his agenda, because they will say by they, I mean, Stacey Abrams, the voting rights activists, a lot of progressives that um, you, Joe Biden, got elected by promising this far reaching election reform. And we supported you. And so you get elected. And what do you do? Well, you start talking about this big COVID relief bill. It's $1.9 trillion. And you have event after event for that. And you sign it and everything's great. And then do you turn to our calls? No. You start talking about this big bipartisan infrastructure bill. And uh, you talk about that all the time. You have all these events. While you're not having events for voting rights, you're having events for your infrastructure plan. Uh, So then you pass that. And then do you turn to our calls? No. 
you start talking about Build Back Better. And only now, when Build Back Better is stalled in the Senate, only now do you pivot to our cause, the uh, the voting rights cause. So they're, you know, they're mad because it's clearly uh, – you're supposed to say, if you're a Democrat, nothing can be more important than voting. But clearly, there were things that were more important for Biden for the first year of his presidency. So this is a kind of double loss, a kind of twofer. First of all, he was way out there in his rhetoric. You know, are you the party of Lincoln or the party of Jefferson Davis? Jefferson Davis? Really? Bull Connor? I mean, you know, really it was crazy. Really crazy. It was crazy. Crazy talk. Uh, to what? Get the base motivated, but the base wasn't motivated because the base doesn't believe him. Uh, yeah, but this this whole Jim Crow 2.0 stuff was crazy, and he's been saying that for a long time. Yeah. Now, don't the states have the constitutional right to uh, choose the way uh, elections occur in their state? To conduct their elections. They absolutely do, which is why a lot of people say the uh, For the People Act, which was the name of it passed in the House, and the Freedom to Vote Act, which is the name of the bill in the Senate, are unconstitutional and would be found so if they uh, did pass and became law. So there's no doubt about that. Um, but also, it's it's a wish list of long-term, long-time Democratic priorities as far as voting is concerned. Yeah. And you have to remember, I mean, when you dig into some of this stuff, um, the, what they're what they're trying to do is, is really kind of ridiculous. For example, when they were saying that the the Republican voting bill in Texas was Jim Crow 2.0. Um, you know, one of the things the Republicans got rid of is, as a, as a COVID measure, Democrats in Harris County, Texas, which is where Houston is, uh, had instituted 24-hour drive-through voting. Now, Republicans want to get rid of that in, in part because, you know, you need some sort of consistency across the state in, um, in voting conditions. And, you know, you have one county which sort of operates in a traditional manner, and then you have this county next door to it that's doing 24-hour drive-through voting which is hard to staff and all that. So when Republicans get rid of that, that's Jim Crow 2.0. Who knew that the Constitution mandated 24-hour drive-through voting? So a a lot of this fight is over stuff that, if it were examined, really seems kind of ridiculous, and I don't think the public would support it. So thus, they clothe it in this lofty rhetoric like voting rights, our most sacred right that Republicans are trying to take away. And if they disagree with you, they're on the side of Jefferson Davis and George Wallace and Bull Connor. I want to ask you, um, I, I, I want to talk about COVID and, and other things, other problems he's having governing, but I, I want to ask you, you know, you were you were looking for an answer to what Stacey Abrams was doing instead of meeting with the president. Um, I was going to joke that, uh, by the way, that, you know, Hillary Clinton's name has now come up as a candidate in 20, for 2024. Yeah, yeah. And I was going to joke on uh, Brett Baer tonight, you know, with the headlines. They have you do the headlines for the next day. Right, right. That Biden has called Hillary Clinton, has asked to meet with her, but she said she's got schedule conflicts through 23. <laughs> nothing, do that. Nothing, nothing available. <laughs> Sorry. Can I fit you in? But um, what happened to Joe Biden? I mean, I knew Joe Biden. Uh, you know, he was chairman of the committee that confirmed me as drugs are. I talked to him on the phone a ton. We had a lot of hearings. We, he was most friendly and cooperative and had a lot of praise for me, although he thought I wasn't tough enough on crime, which is kind of funny. Um, 
given where he is today. But what's the movie with the mind? You know, the, the candidate has changed. The what? You know, the Manchurian. Manchurian. Candidate. Was mm-hmm. there a Manchurian candidate that someone well d- put kind of, when some you were, kind of zapping um, Ray into his brain, or or what? When you were dealing with Chairman Biden, did you think to yourself, "There is a man with presidential leadership qualities"? No, of course not. Nobody ever did. As a matter of fact. He ran for president three times, yeah. and before none of those times did anyone ever think, boy, Joe Biden should really be president of the United States. Yeah. His ambitions far outstripped his abilities, which is not unusual in Washington, but um, certainly the case with him. He just wasn't that good, um, and I think we all would, all would agree that the circumstances that resulted in him finally becoming president were really weird um, and kind of un. Un, uh, uh, repeat, unrepeatable. Um, and, and the, but and the person of Jim Clyburn, right, South Carolina. Well, yeah, Jim Clyburn was huge. I mean, I remember spending primary week uh, in South Carolina, and Biden had, uh, remember, he had actually left New Hampshire before uh, yeah. the voting came in. And he was headed down to South Carolina. And he came because, in, what, fourth or fifth or something? Yeah, because he'd done terribly in Iowa, and he'd he done terribly in uh, New Hampshire, and people were talking about, you know, is it going to be Pete Buttigieg, or is it going to be Bernie Sanders? Yeah. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> he was in a total mess, and then he goes down to uh, South Carolina, and um, Clyburn gives him his blessing. And, I mean, it was just extraordinary, just extraordinary, the change that took place. Yeah. And I still don't completely understand it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but clearly... Uh, South Carolina Democrats give Biden the uh, the primary victory. Now, Bernie had still won New Hampshire, and Buttigieg had still won uh, Iowa, but all of a sudden, boom, everything is for Biden. And yeah. I believe the South Carolina primary is on a Saturday, and Super Tuesday was on Tuesday. And everyone turns on a dime, and Biden sweeps Super Tuesday, and he's going to be the nominee. I mean, I, I kept saying that Democrats are going to wake up and have – hangover saying, whoa, what did we just do? But in fact, he went on to become president. But isn't it entirely possible that over that weekend, uh, before Super Tuesday, they said, whoa, 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 wait, wait, he won South Carolina. Let's look at this. We can't have Buttigieg. We can't have Sanders. They'll get clobbered. I mean, right? I mean, isn't that a plausible thing for them, them to have thought at that time? It is a plausible thing, but that doesn't make Joe Biden a good candidate. No, it doesn't. And it certainly doesn't make him a good president. And, by, and, and also, by, let me go back to South didn't Carolina. Deal with the age problem, which is obvious to everybody. Let me go back to South Carolina. I have been saying that he turned out the Democrats in, in South Carolina. He turned out what. Uh, Black Democrats, primarily, right? I mean, a huge numbers of uh, African American voters yeah. in South Carolina, and he Clyburn is, is kind of a king there, and uh, it turned out turned out that group in great numbers. Is that fair? Oh yeah, that's that's fair. Um, although with um, white Democrats, Biden did well, right. you know, too. It, it was just the Democratic Party. You did have this, I guess, rethinking that you just described and say, oh, what, what are we doing? We can't do Pete Buttigieg. He's, he's 12 years old and we can't do Bernie Sanders. He's a communist. Um, I guess they had this, but um, Biden was Biden's flaws as a candidate were known uh, even then. All right. Let me let me ask you this. Is Jim Clyburn and I think I know the answer to the question. The answer is no. Is Jim Clyburn an extremist who said, I will make you president, but here's the deal. You have to be, become a real progressive, you know, left wing. Clyburn's not. He's kind of a centrist, isn't he? 
No. And, 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 you know, if there was a deal, I mean, certainly Biden probably would have paid more attention to this voting bill than okay, he okay. than he has. But Clyburn is I mean, way on the left. Clyburn is a very traditional liberal, so the idea of, uh, you know, spending a trillion dollars here and a trillion dollars there would be dear to his heart, so he'd like that. Um, so I'm sure Clyburn is you know, relatively happy with the way that Biden has governed, but for the rest of the country, uh, here again, okay. the age problem was obvious to all. Yeah. And now that it is here and Biden has clearly slowed down, nobody can say they didn't know it. And what is all this crazy talk about 24? I mean, when Biden, he's not going to make it. <laughs> well, um, I think he'll make it. I mean, no, well, alive, but... we'll, whether we'll make it then. But um, but I mean, what's he going to uh, be sounding like? I would, I would be very surprised, you know, if he is the candidate in 2024. Yeah, of course. Because, you know, because obviously he, he'll serve, his first term will end when he's 82. So he would be asking to serve until he's 86. And people have seen him slow down before their eyes. So I think it's going to be very difficult for him to make that case if he even wants to. Um, the bigger problem is going to be who Democrats pick then if the president decides that he's done a great job and he loves everybody, but he's not going to run again. Then what are Gavin they Newsom. And, well, what about the sitting vice president of the United States? No, that's the first, uh, the first woman vice president and the first woman person of color vice president. Are, are Democrats, are Democrats going to, to push her aside? The obvious, the obvious heir. Uh, the person who was elected vice president of the United States, yes. are they going to push her yes. aside yes, in favor of somebody like Gavin Newsom? I yes. just find that incredible. To think that they think so. <laughs> Did you see the bulletin that, uh, that uh, Claude thought this was funny, that, that Biden-Harris's approval is at 72%? I did not. Yeah, if you add them both together. <laughs> that's good. That's right, good. I thinks that's good, too. Okay, I may use that. All right. Uh, anyway, yeah, they so will. Is this like special they... report practice? Is that I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I am. <laughs> okay. I okay. am, but you're, you're on there as much as I am. I mean, more than I am, so. Well, I got yeah. I got to start thinking about new methods to practice. That's good. Yeah, yeah. No, you don't need any. Um, yeah, they would. I mean, she's even lower than he is, isn't she? Yeah, she is. So, I mean, so they'll push her aside. I mean, does she think? I find she that should really be, hard to believe that they will push her aside. Cause, cause I find give, it hard to believe they will push her aside because she's a black woman thing, right? That's what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, it's just, it's just very difficult to imagine pushing aside a history-making vice president. Oh, we're going to hear a lot I mean, you can imagine. Can you imagine after, you know, this is obviously president is a way bigger thing, but in 2012, if some Democrat said, you know, Barack Obama, I just don't think he's going to be able to win again. We need to, we, we got to have a candidate who can win. So we need to push him aside. And, you know, people would say, what? Well, he wasn't at 36, though. He wasn't at 36. No. He what was he at forty six? Yeah, he was on, he was definitely underwater for a good while. He was more popular, but he was competent, right? I mean, well, yeah, but, but um, she's not competent. She can't, except for laughing, she can't do anything. Well, Same. she's been elected. She's been elected vice president. That's what she's done. Okay, that's a big deal. I'll I'll give you that. But I mean, she has a a, a spontaneous. Informal conversation with students and their actors. Give me a break! You can't talk to sixteen-year-old regular sixteen-year-old. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, 
You know, the Interstate 95 is locked up. She said, we are moving. We are on the move. I mean, okay, okay. So we're going to hear a lot about Jefferson Davis then, a lot. And we're going to hear about, because we're up to date on your columns today, we're going to hear about January 6th ad nauseum. Right? Yeah. Well, I think that um, the, the column today, uh, one of the things that amazes me is that, uh, first of all, uh, you remember Bill Clinton always used to say, Elections are about the future. And he's right about that. I mean, voters want to know what a candidate's going to do um, in the future. How is he going to fix problems? They also know that the future brings unexpected things, and they want a candidate who could deal with those. So the election, including the midterm elections in November, will be about the future. And yet you have significant elements of both parties fixated, obsessed with the past, you have one party and its former president obsessed with the 2020 presidential election. And you have the other party obsessed with the January 6th Capitol riot. And you have them both devoting an extraordinary amount of energy to those topics. Meanwhile, you have all these huge issues at stake. Uh, inflation, we just got a report today, um, worse than 40 years. Um, COVID raging through the whole country. The terrible mess at the border, the terrible mess that Biden made in Afghanistan. You have all these important issues, and yet you have a significant part of the Republican Party, meaning Donald Trump and, and the people who follow him, fixating on 2020. And then you have a lot of Democrats, and we just saw it in the, tw in the January 6th anniversary. Using January 6th as kind of the foundation for everything they want to do. If you listen to Charles Schumer's speech, it was basically, we have to do all these things. We have to change the voting system. We have to do everything because of January 6th. You have this, this weird backward looking uh, pose of both um, parties right now, even as there are a huge number of things to consider looking forward. Let's talk about your candidate. I'm sorry, I don't mean it that way. Kamala Harris, not your My candidate. My candidate, Kamala Well, you Harris. said there that. You you said they won't move around. Okay. Yeah. She she said, you know, certain dates remain in our memory, you know. Yeah. 9-11, Pearl Harbor, January 6th, hello? I found that um, incredible. Obviously, uh, Pearl Harbor started World War II, brought the United States into war with Japan, and it was a proximate cause of going entering the war in Europe. World War II changed the entire world so much that we call it the post-war world. Um just impossible to overstate how huge that was. September 11th um, killed 3,000 Americans, uh, brought down New York's biggest buildings, uh, instituted a war on terror that has changed in the last 20 years, changed our life tremendously. It's really extraordinary that she would mention the Capitol riot in the same breath as these other things. Just one little thought of, of comparison. When you, when you compare September 11th Capitol riot in which one person was shot to death and three or four others died of natural causes. When you compare these two things, remember that after the Capitol riot, Congress came back and finished the job of certifying the election that night. Yeah, I'm so traumatized, yeah. <laughs> it was as if there had been a convention scheduled for the night of September 11th and after at, at the World Trade Center and after some cleanup, it went on as scheduled. Yeah. Right, good, good, good. Very good. Okay. Very, very, very Not well the same thing. Very good. Thank you, Byron right. York. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, Bill. Enjoyed it. Always splendid. Stay current on the threat posed by China with our friends at Committee on the Present Danger China. Go to presentdangerchina.org. Presentdangerchina.org. 
So, uh, will Trump run? I don't know. I guess probably. If he runs, will he talk about 2020? Yes, he will. Of will course. that be helpful? It will not. No. So, um, I still have the question. I know when you ask uh, Trump supporters, people who voted for Trump, like myself, um, whether they want him to run or not, all the polls suggest people say, yes, we want him to run. Mm-hmm. But do they really? I, I mean, I've had this conversation with several people who are very strong Trump people. And I've said, okay, you want him to run because, yeah, because, you know, he deserves it, what they've done to him. I said, but do you really want him more than anyone else to be the candidate? And then among a lot of people, there's some doubt. Mm. Now, I know the audience will fire back and say, not not for me. I, I don't think most people who voted for Trump are excited about the prospect of another Trump run. Okay. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. And then we'll ask for the emails. Right. <laughs> and then we'll read the emails Explo- next time. Exploding emails. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you could do it on a scale. You know, hot, red hot for Trump. You know, that's 10. Eight is, you know, very, very supportive of Trump. And then down seven, six, five. I think you'd average, if you take all the Trump supporters, I think you'd average about five and a half. Or sure. Six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you mm-hmm. think that's right? Yeah, absolutely. But I think a lot of it also has to do with the wariness you have of having to defend or explain constantly something that was tweeted out at three o'clock in the morning. No, I, see, that was, see, see, I think it's the whole thing that see, Trump supporters. Yeah, that's, that's actually right. th- that's the hesitation. It's not anything else other than the, the wariness of defending as this very close friend of mine who makes the bets said, mm-hmm. um, you really want to go through this again? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. as a Trump supporter, you really want to go through defending every daggone thing he says. Right. Now, let's do a thought experiment quickly. And by uh, the way, before we do the thought, the thought experiment, experiment, defending the president on what he says when he don't, well, won't like even defend what he says as as yeah. as fervently as his supporters defends yeah. what yeah, he no, says and right. does. Yeah, that, he doesn't, no, he doesn't right. even go to bat for it as much as we do. So let's say I'm wrong and that the support among people who voted for him the first time is not 5, 5, or 6, but 7, 5, or 8. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's any higher than that. Okay, so they support him, and uh, he gets into uh, the race, but it's primary because people, some people decide. Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott, uh, Mike Pompeo, that they're going to run anyway. Mm -hmm. They have two or three debates, and Trump is obsessive in all three debates, spending at least half his time talking about the 2020 election. Mm -hmm. I submit to you then, if he talks about 2020 election and doesn't talk about Afghanistan, COVID, the border, inflation, oil prices, etc., that that 8.2 will drop to 6.0. Okay. I mean, people will just say, why aren't you talking about these things? Crime in the streets, et cetera. Possibly. possibly. You see what I mean? Yeah, no, possibly. Now, and, and I also think people who have said, if he runs, I won't, like Ron DeSantis, mm-hmm. may very well change their minds. Right. But we'll see. I, I You know, I really do think, as, as someone who, I think I can say, you know, knows Trump fairly well and likes him, and I, th- I think we're kind of friends. I think he'd do himself a whole lot of good if after the 22 elections he stepped back and said, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to do this, uh-huh. and then laid hands on one or two people. But, he, you know, Mike Pompeo or Ron DeSantis would be fine. Now there's a great ticket, folks. And, uh, you know, I hope they mention the 2020 election, you know. <laughs> right. But that's the last you'll hear from me on, mm-hmm. or at least... That's the last you'll hear of this campaign. Yep. 
We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I, I don't know if the last time I checked numbers, that, that those who thought that 2020 elections were were rigged against the president was somewhere in the mid to upper 60s, right, or something like that, um, close to it. And then and that's just among Republicans. And then even uh, among, among most, it was closer to mid to upper 40s among just Americans. And so I'm not sure if, it's, if it would hurt him that much because <laughs> I think other people are almost as fixated on it as he is. I don't know. I don't know. He's such a dynamic figure. I just, I don't know. He gets in there. I'm not sure if it matters what he talks about. Yeah, cult of personality. People mm-hmm. just really like him. Mm-hmm. They like his style. I don't think it matters. And especially if the Democrats don't, won't put up anyone who Boy. the Democrats are excited about. That's a projection you're making, and you may be right, mm-hmm. based on his appeal while he was in office or shortly thereafter. Okay. Mm-hmm. After three years of Joe Biden, mm-hmm. I think people are going to say we want something okay. more than a dynamic personality. Mm-hmm. Okay. We want an explicit challenge and refutation mm-hmm. of the approach Biden has been taking. I hope so. I hope so. Okay. I hope so. All right. We'll see. I, I actually hope that both on the Republican and Democrat side, that's what they say they want to put up. That both parties say, you know what, forget this. Let's put up someone with some substance. Someone's going to do something. Did you think way. Byron um, is right that Kamala will get the nod? I don't think so. I mean, I don't even think that Hillary's name would be floated around if it wasn't for the fact that they think, you know, Kamala can't do it. I mean, she can't. I mean. You think she would be the nominee? If I, don't, was... I don't think so. I don't either. I don't think so. I don't either. Why is, mm-hmm. why is someone as smart as Byron thinking that she's kind of the inevitable choice? Because of identity politics, because she's a black woman. And I don't even think that they go that far on identity politics where there's no substance at all. And you had a great point when it came to President Obama. I mean, you know, think what you want about his politics, but the man was competent. He could inspire people. Right, you, right. It was a guy that people could believe in. Smart guy, competent right. guy. Of course, absolutely. Might disagree with him, but, you know, he's no, he's nobody's fool. Right, exactly. And it's been said about Kamala just the opposite. Against my assessment, I predicted before the primary started that, that she'd, she'd be very strong. Mm-hmm. And when she opened up in Oakland and had that huge gathering... There's just nothing there. Because the expectations are so high, but boy, she disappointed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And continues to, seems Correct. to be. Okay, we're trying to be fair and honest here. Uh, fair and balanced? Yeah, but fair and honest. If know. I could add one more thing. Please and add. This would, this, well, and this would be, if there was something there for her, this would be the perfect situation for her when you have a president in Biden who's you know, just not getting the job done. If she had that substance, if she had the gravitas, she could she would shine in this situation, wouldn't she? Um, but she, she she's not. And um, she would be the perfect contrast to him. Uh, but she's not showing anything. I mean, she's just she's not present. She's not saying anything. She's, she just has the title and the position. Yeah. That does it for today's show, Claude. To catch up on previous episodes of the show, go to thebillbennettshow.com. You can follow me on Twitter at William J. Bennett and like me on Facebook. Just search Bill Bennett. Feel free to email the show. I'd love to hear from you. It's Podcast at gmail.com. Please share this podcast with your family and friends. We will catch up next week.